0: Hello oh, and welcome to another incredible episode of Two Guys Reviewing Stuff. I'm Justin Meltzer.
1: And I'm Andy Conan.
0: And today we have the spectacular, the incredible, the. Oh, it was incredible. It was. Amazing. Amazing, the extra dimensional.
1: Oh, you went there.
0: Spider Man into the Spider Verse.
1: Just still in shock about how cool this was.
0: Very cool. Very
1: cool. So today we're reviewing an animated feature. Now, we haven't reviewed an animated film in a while, but this one we really felt we needed to review. One, because it's about Spider-Man, and two, mm-hmm. because it was just so cool and very unique. But we'll go into that.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I think if our audience knows us by now, we like to review a lot of superhero films. Um... So, we will eventually review other movies, too. I, you know, I'm sorry if we, uh, <laughs> we're just doing, sticking too much in superhero movies. There's a lot of superhero movies out there, though, guys. It's I apologize. It's bit. not our fault. Listen, we're, I I'm not, I don't think we're going to need to
1: apologize, just because one, we're experts on superheroes. That's true. We, superheroes, we do know our
0: superheroes pretty well. Comic book lore.
1: Plus, it is popular now. So, it is. like, the nerds are winning. Uh, so, we're technically the subject matter w- experts. Would you say the
0: nerds have gotten their revenge? Uh,
1: yeah, Might actually, I'm
0: actually okay. I think so. <laughs> uh, so let's dive right in, shall Diving we? Diving right in. Uh, so Andy, why don't you tell us who are the directors of this
1: film? So there's actually three directors in this film. So three directors. Three directors. I mean, what? The, <laughs> the top build listing du- list of director is Bob Ber- Bob Persichetti. 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 So Bob. Let's just call him per- Bob. Shetty. Let's call him Bob. So he's the uh, top build. Then we have Peter Ramsey. And we have Rodney Rothman. Now, Rodney Rothman didn't really have much of a directorial background before that, but he did help in creating this. He also was a writer for 22 Jump Street,
0: producer for Forgetting Cher Marshall. But and he did Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, which yeah, I, what, I was a big fan of. that movie. I, I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's more. a dumb movie, but I loved it. I so, I'm, I'm going to stand on that. So
1: Bob, uh, of whose last name it's hard for me to pronounce... He's Hersh best, yeah. He's best known for um, you know. I think he did like some other like more animated. He did uh, the Little Prince. They did re adaptation of that in twenty fifteen. Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots, which I think you had. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, head of story. Um, he uh, sh- did a bunch a of, of
0: Shrek. A couple of Shrek yeah.
1: outings. So a
0: lot of you know. So some animation background for this guy. Oh, did That's he good.
1: do? Oh, I think he did a, a Wallace and Gromit. He was the uh, art department head for the Curse of the Were Rabbit. Really, really
0: moving up in the world is what um, you're trying to say.
1: So Bob, and then we have Peter Ramsey, whose um, Rise of the Guardians is, is a film that he um, uh, he was the director of. I don't
0: remember that movie very well. You don't remember
1: the Rise of the Guardians? No, not really. I think I actually really enjoyed that one. Um, there's also a couple Monster, other films. So, these three directors really kind of came together and worked on something that I think they all collectively had a hand in the kind of animation story, you know, a moral story. Yeah, who was the writer of this film? So, that's what we really want to dive into, because I think that the writer had a lot to do with how much this is impacting people in regards to the end product, which was Phil Lord. So... People might know Phil Lord for another film that was really took everyone by surprise regarding the animation and how it was done, which was the Lego movie. And oh, yeah. the Lego movie was a huge success. I mean, everyone knows about the spin-offs. You had the Batman Lego movie, Lego Ninjago. It was huge. Um, and it had a lot to do with the way it was written. So Phil Lord also wrote some other stuff. Clone High if you guys remember that His first series. Start there, I think it as was 2002 to 2003 way back when MTV he, show. Yeah, he produced 22 Jump Street so the reinvent reimagining of that in 2014 Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs he also wrote for that. Ford's
0: done a lot of stuff and especially in recent years and done a lot of comedy background too. A lot of comedy. Um, this movie I would definitely say had a good elements of comedy in it but I would not classify it necessarily as a comedy. Would you? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that this was
1: a comedy. I would say it's really a coming of age story, mm-hmm. um, a coming of age rediscovery story involving a young person right. trying to figure out his
0: his place in the world. That happened to be a comic book movie slash an animated comic book movie. Yes, and you know it's interesting too because we think comic book movies, we don't think of them as animated, but comics are. Drawings, typically, yes. typically. and uh, well, mostly it's always, uh, yes. Kind of nice that we uh, have uh, kind of bring that back full circle here, uh, and then we actually finally have a comic book movie once in a while that is animated.
1: I mean, like going into this, I didn't really know what to expect. I know that there was a lot of buzz out there in the social media world. As well as an online uh, mm-hmm. critic reviews that everyone loved it, and I was like, "All right, whatever."
0: Yeah, I, I heard this movie initially it was uh, Sony was pitching a new Spider-Man film, and I'm thinking, "Oh, good, they're putting a, a movie together just to keep their uh, their rights uh, active, so they don't have to give Spider-Man back to Marvel officially ever fully." You know, even though they have that agreement with them for Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home it's coming out n- later next year, mm-hmm. um, they still have the rights to it. They never actually officially gave it back to Marvel. I was thinking, oh, so this is just another movie so they can just kind of keep the reins on that. This was way more than that.
1: Mm -hmm. This
0: went above and beyond that. And I would honestly do most of the credit to Phil Lord for the writing of this film because it was very well put together.
1: It was very well written. And I also, I have to say that the art design blew me the frick away. It was beautiful. The way they did the colors, just the color palette alone. In, in the way that they designed these characters was so refreshing. It was like it was like basically you know those summer days you wake up and it's the perfect time and the oh, sun's yeah. coming and it's kind of that golden hour in the morning. Yeah, like it's in like, the summer. In like in the summer and you wake up and you're like, wow, I just I'm really enjoying being outside. Everything's beautiful. That's like this, but captured in in, a, in an animated form with, with
0: spiders with, and men with superhuman and characters. New York City. Yeah, right.
1: Great New York City. Also, Great. I loved it. You
0: know, a good movie always has to have the, the landscape, the uh, setting as one of the characters of the film, and Spider Man really never disappoints. Nor should it ever, because New York City is such an integral part of the film.
1: And it was like it was like a New York City um, landscape and a scenery and an environment that kind of makes you miss New York City mm-hmm. if you've ever spent time there. Like I watched this and I was like, man, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. I, I really miss New York,
0: <laughs> but it's you know beautiful. Uh, let's jump in now into the uh, cast of the movie. Uh, as I'm watching the credits roll, I'm like, wow, they were in this film? Uh, so let me just go over a couple of people. Obviously, the, the main character, Miles Morales, who is clearly the main protagonist of this film, uh, was played by Shameik Moore. Uh, we then had the main Peter Parker came and coming over from his universe, or his dimension rather, into this one, played by Jake Johnson. Uh Haley Steinfeld was playing Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy of the of her Spider Universe. Uh Ali, who won the Oscar for um what was that movie again? Um
1: we actually reviewed this one, didn't we? We did. I always forget the name of it though. It was uh, um ba-ba-ba-ba. I remember. it was a good movie.
0: That was a great film. Uh, uh but the movie he was in was... Uh, Moonlight. Moonlight, that's the word. That was a good movie. Anyway, Marashal Ali uh, played Uncle Aaron in this film, a.k.a. the Prowler. Um, Spo- and Spoiler. oh yeah, Spoilers <laughs> alert. Uh, we, we should, go, by the way, tell everyone there's obviously going to be yeah. spoilers, as there always are. Yes. Uh, so, yes.
1: It's in the title, so yes. He played the Prowler, which is a character that came from actually pretty early on in the Spider-Man comic book universe. Mm-hmm. But this... I- iteration takes place in the Ultimate Universe. Who's so the ultimate Prowler.
0: I mean, technically speaking, if you know anything about Ultimate Spider-Man, you should know that Uncle Aaron is the Prowler, correct? Correct. I'm not wrong in saying no, that. No, okay. you're right. Man. Uh, Lily Tomlin actually played Aunt May. We had uh, Zoe Kravitz playing Mary Jane. Uh, Jason Mullaney played Spider-Ham. Funny, interesting uh, character in the movie, which he came from a cartoon universe. When we're watching a cartoon movie, so I don't know how that works, but it was it was it was a good added feature to it. Spider Pig, yeah. definitely a Phil Lord thing to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we also had uh, Kimiko Glenn playing Penny Parker, more of an anime version. My favorite though, and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that was actually him. And now I realize it after listening to it. Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage playing Spider Man Noir. He was the '30s gritty rough-and-tumble kind of detective Spider-Man. And I just loved it. Uh, anything, we get Nick Cage in. I'm just such a such a gem. Uh, and, of course, we also had Lieb Schreiber playing Wilson Fisk. I think that just rounds out most of the uh, main cast, so I'm not going to get into the rest. Uh, interesting take on Wilson Fisk, by the way, a.k.a. Kingpin. Um, not the voice I would have expected, but still worked well for the character.
1: No, yeah, I think... I mean... Kingpin's always, for me, it's always weird to see Kingpin because he's always portrayed as a very impossible physical form. Large character. Just large, but also impossibly large.
0: I mean, my favorite version of Kingpin is still the uh, Vincent D'Aferno, uh Kingpin from the uh, Daredevil
1: oh, yeah. Netflix
0: series. I think he's just one of the best villains out there and just well well-built character yeah. on, R- on, on, on multiple levels. Man, R.I.P. Daredevil.
1: Man, I loved that Daredevil scene. I I, they kind of killed it. But oh, well. we'll have to look at that. But anyways, uh, interesting,
0: Interesting, by the way, uh, art characterization of Kingpin, where he was essentially, how would you describe that? Um, a, a blob, a mountain... It's like a, a strong blob, a large piece of granite with a head, with a head jutting out the front of it, and yeah. his shoulders are coming about four feet above the head. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's a pretty,
1: pretty stark physical deformity. I, I wouldn't know. I don't know how he'd get through doors. If it
0: was a real life thing, absolutely, it, I would be worried for this person. Oh, oh it God. looks like something you'd see out of a, uh, some type of nightmare. I, I would just feel bad. From ahead. a movie perspective, though, clearly. See what they're doing there and showing that he's literally larger than life Mm. in the essence. That he is this overarching mega bad guy. Yeah. Definitely. uh, He's the kingpin. He's pronounced. That's his thing. So uh, it was an interesting characterization of it. it, They made it work somehow.
1: No, they did. Definitely
0: showed his physicality though. Clearly taking on Spider-Man in many scenes. Like it was nothing. Literally beat Spider-Man to death. And I like that Lee Schreiber gets to play another Marvel villain finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was, it's been a while since Sabretooth. So should um, we so should we go into the whole Spider-Man
1: universe thing as to I think we need to. I think we right? might have
0: to. So, uh, obviously there's going to be more spoilers coming up. Uh, we say it every time. You should know this by now. If you, for our, for our um uh, long-time listeners everyone knows about spoilers. For our first-time listeners, there will be spoilers as we do in many of our episodes. All of our episodes.
1: All of our episodes. Pretty much all of them. So one of the things that we really should go into is in the Marvel comic book universe, in the year 2000, there actually was a rebranding of all the Marvel comic book Mm -hmm. characters into what I would say is kind of a more cinematic vision of their character. It was a lot grittier, a lot darker. The ultimate universe. The ultimate universe, that's right. Um, now, today in our comic book world, there is no more Ultimate Universe. But Miles Morales was one of the characters that came out of this universe that was a huge fan success. Everyone loved this character. It's very unique. He was very uh, diverse. He was very human, and people really were drawn to Miles. I he, personally, Miles for me was my favorite uh, in iteration of Spider-Man. Really? Over wow. Peter Parker? I mean, okay. just Peter
0: Parker's I, the classic. He Miles. Is the new generation.
1: I think, you know, I think in Miles, he had a lot more going on, Mm -hmm.
0: personally. Miles exemplifies what Spider-Man is all about. And I know you were talking about this before. Miles, of course, being from black and Latino, Latino, Latinx heritage. Yeah. um, He is obviously not the typical prototype white male superhero. Yeah. That's true. He is a, as you said, more diverse, uh, different type of character. Yeah. More ethnically diverse. And it's good that the, the the comic books are reaching out and to try something, going with something against the standard and putting more white men in the main character roles. Uh, and we're seeing a lot more of this. I was mentioning this year we did have Black Panther mm-hmm. earlier here in 2018, which is when we were recording this. Um We do have. We're seeing a lot more characters coming front and center. Star Wars uh, made uh, John Boyega the 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 main lead in the new series, and of course Daisy Ridley is the main you know female protagonist. Mm -hmm. She's one of the main protagonists. Yeah, happens to be female. So we're seeing more diversity when it comes to movies and it comes to comics when it comes to all this, and I think Miles Morales was one of the first that kicked this off because this, again, as you said, was back in two thousand.
1: Yeah, so when Miles, first launched it. Yeah, Miles Morales, the character really—he even had his own re-series. It's—it's it's ultimate, the new Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider-Man is twenty eleven because as we see in the film that we watch now, Kingpin kills. Peter Parker, the, the, this universe's mm-hmm. actual Spider-Man, and Miles is there to, to witness that and to be affected by that. Same thing happens in the comic book universe, mm-hmm. where Miles then has to step up and becomes the new Spider-Man. So he is the only Spider-Man in his universe. It just happens to be a young African-American Latino youth who embodies a newer uh, way of looking at this type of superhero, which was very refreshing and, and has been since uh, 2011 when it debuted. Yeah. But I really love what they did with the character here. I, I love mm-hmm. the music that was used, the, the fact that the music that Miles listened to was a part of his persona. Yeah. You know, it, he woke up to it. Um, it was a part of his lifestyle and just
0: the... And it blended well into the movie as oh,
1: well. Oh, it was great. The soundtrack was amazing, mm-hmm. by the way. Um and just, I really I, I think that it was very well voiced. It was the animation for Miles was dead on. Yeah. And like you said before, watching this film was like a comic book come to life. Mm-hmm. But in a way that, that you've hoped for or yeah. you really haven't seen until now.
0: Uh this movie I think reminded me of another comic book movie that was not done so well. Uh, the, I think it was 2003 H- Ang Lee Hulk movie uh, with Eric Bana, mm, not a great film, left a really bad taste in all of our mouths, and uh, yeah simultaneously actually is was impressive, but the, that movie for some reason decided, I think Ang Lee just didn't understand what a comic book movie was, so he actually started putting like comic book panels in the film, but very randomly and in a very ineffective way. I just remember those. There was one scene where the Hulk's, like, hulking out, and it's like, hey, let's put a comic book panel. Instead of showing this death on screen, we'll just put it into a comic book panel and make it, like, off to the side. It was an absolute terrible concept, terrible execution, and... uh, No pun intended. And uh, really not something that you want to watch. This movie, however, you're seeing the panels in in the frame, you're seeing the sound effects... uh, monopeed onto the onto the screen. Uh, you're seeing all these amazing things and it just blends it very well together um, into the frame to make it work very well.
1: I totally agree. I think that it was such a really cool way of, of revisioning what people want to see in films that are animated, that are based on comics, that breathe to life the type of things we love about comics, which are the subtext. Mm-hmm. Looking at... These almost like, There are so many parts in this film where he would punch something or someone would make a, a, a gruff remark and there would be uh, thought bubbles. Yeah. There'd be captions. He'd be having a panic attack and he'd see all of his reactions coming to life in front of us.
0: And I think that lended also very well to the art style of the film because it did blend it as though you're watching a movie that also happens to be a comic book that also happens to be a live action, a, mo- a moving image film. Not live action, but animated moving image film. And it brings all that together that makes it a very unique experience that we really haven't seen before. And if we have, again, it hasn't been done very well.
1: No, we before have, this. I don't this
0: was it, done and and taken and make it made done very well. I just should say. Well, I'll put it that way. It's been done very well now.
1: So yeah. I I just have to give a shout out to the art direction. So Dean Gordon and Patricia O'Keefe, fantastic. Um the art direction in this was superb. And it wasn't, like, you, you see nowadays for young kids, animation is it really chaotic. Sometimes it's even hard to watch. Mm-hmm. This, although it was
0: fast, it was smooth. It was. And it was also comprehensible. Yeah. In the sense that it was never brought you into such a place, even though there was a lot going on at any one moment, it never put you in such a place where you're like, wait, what just happened? No. I don't think there was ever a side of the movie where I was thinking that. No. Even though I thought I was about to think it. Yeah, I it, thought I would think it, but I didn't think it, and that's how it should be thought. You know what
1: What it, a lot of it remind me of is actually early, I think early 90s um, anime animation. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop, also
0: um, the, oh, bo- yes. the boondocks. And there so, was actually some little anime in this film as well. There with, was. Uh, Penny Parker. With
1: Penny Parker, which we can go into. Um, right. So the, yeah, so the whole plot s- surrounds itself by this idea of uh, alternate
0: dimensions. Right where various people can exist or not exist in different ways. And this is another thing I want to give credit to the movie, is the actual uh, writing and story of the film, putting an, a concept together of alternate dimensions. Maybe it's been made easier now that Rick and Morty's become such a cultural staple, <laughs> but still, putting the idea of alternate dimensions and alternate realities and butterfly effects and all these other concepts together, very quantum physics, string theory, and so forth. Uh, it's not easy. It's literally one of the top tiers of physics in terms of understanding. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, it's not easy. Maybe it's
0: become more of a, a cultural phenomenon because people are so interested in it.
1: Or it could be misunderstood. I mean, it is in no way... Literally, physical chemistry, which deals with quantum mechanics, is the hardest... A branch of, of chemistry to learn because it's so complex.
0: Yeah, it took me more than a year to
1: get. Oh yeah, you got it. No, you know, I didn't right? get it. I'm sorry. So, but but it is you're right. It is it is a, a a nice refreshing thing to see. And for the kids out there, I think it's really interesting for young people to go to the movies and have to deal with these larger than life concepts.
0: But through a familiar lens like with their characters There's I think at the very least it introduces young kids and I, and there were a number of young kids in the theater we were, we were watching in and I'm yeah. like hey good they're seeing Spider-Man and they're learning uh, quantum mechanics at the same time it's yeah. fantastic and I think it's really cool because Spider-Man can be a young girl Spider-Man can be a diverse young man you and know. that brings me back to my other point thank you that Spider-Man can be anyone that is what Miles Morales was supposed to be about. I mentioned the diversity aspect, and that it's great that we haven't, but when Stan Lee initially wrote Spider-Man, he said, Spider-Man can be anyone. He can be you. He said the lines, with great power comes great responsibility, and that's what he wanted to imbue into his readers. Everyone can have great power, or I should say anyone can have great power, and everyone should have great responsibility. You can be Spider-Man too put the mask on and that's the yeah. nice thing that's why I actually drew the character with a full body suit there was there was no uh, like see part of their mouth see part of their eyes nothing it was anyone can jump into that suit and that's what we see in this movie yeah. we see Miles Morales we see Gwen Stacy we see Peter Parker we see Spider-Ham all of them yeah. Peter Porker Peter Porker anyone can be Spider-Man all you have to do is want to make a difference yeah even um, pigs that can talk mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there's nothing better than an anthropomorphic pig who thinks and, he's a spider. Yeah, especially with wet hands, which I didn't
1: really like that joke. <laughs> I don't know what out there.
0: I bet you he's been sitting on that joke for like 20 years. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to put this joke finally into yeah, the film. Someone's like, Phil. Everyone's going to get it. Phil, don't do the wet hands joke. Just, I got to do it. He's, he's do like, it. if this joke doesn't go to the movie, I walk. Listen. Whole movie's I, off. I, I, do you really want to put on the joke? I want to shake uh, Phil's hand
1: just for that joke. Really like, his right, hand will be wet? Just uh, just for that joke. Just for that joke. No, but it was it was a very refreshing film. I mean, I, I again, as I said earlier in the podcast, I didn't go into this thinking I would be this much satisfied. Yeah. After seeing an animation, I'm much like, oh, satisfied. PG. You know, it's an animation.
0: It's probably for kids. I thought again. I thought Sony was just trying to keep their Spider-Man license going. But no, this film really... Deli- and even if they were trying to keep their Spider-Man license going, which, let's be honest, it could that could still be fact. I don't know that for sure. It's, it's just a rumor as far as... I mean, I'm this concerned. was pretty damn good. I mean, but it was well done, exactly. And it was well very well done. done. And now, uh, I think a lot of people are talking best animated film of the year. I, I don't this, see why not. This could outdo Incredibles 2 this year, which, no. one, that would be impressive considering Incredibles no. 2 took in a buttload of money. And two, I did think it was maybe a little bit better. I liked Incredibles 2 a lot, don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually see it.
0: I finally saw it. You did? Yeah, I saw it on a plane coming back from Mexico. uh... But, but, Incredibles 2 was really good. I think this movie might not do it. Because it offered more. Yeah. It offered more. I preferred the themes a lot to it. Another theme, by the way, while I'm on that topic, just wanted to mention this one. Take a leap of faith. I like that they threw that into the film. Mm. I like that also that they never fully said, with great power comes great responsibility. Like No, 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 no don't no, say it. No, don't do it. Don't you dare do that. I think because maybe that's become such a trope. It's a good trope, that's I think. Again. It's a it's a good lesson. But I,
1: I like the layers. Like you were talking about story right now. I love the fact that an adult married man can go into this and identify with Peter Parker, who's mm-hmm. struggling in his relationship. Because he's unwilling to be able to be vulnerable about something, you know, having children, that, that men can be vulnerable mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And and you see what happens to him when, when he goes through his divorce and he's gaining weight and he's still Spider-Man, but he's kind of stopped doing that as much. You can identify with that, but also someone who's a teenager can definitely identify with
0: Miles and with mm-hmm. Gwen. Oh, the entire sequence with high school, by the way. The the first montage of him running class to class, the clock ticking down, shoving books in his locker, I'm like, wow. That's perfect. Uh, that opened all my PTSD about high school again. Thanks yeah. a lot. But, yeah, really exemplified that. And then, of course, the aspect of high school of being awkward around girls. Oh Cannot God. forget that part either. Perfect. I think it was, I don't know if it was middle school or high school, by the way. Yeah. Uh, for everyone out there yelling me if it was middle school, because I might have been that, I mean, just know the middle school, high school. Uh, use that interchangeably here. I mean, we're, we're, you and me are both over... Awkward <laughs> teenage years. I'll just yes. say that. In school.
1: I I, th- I agree with you, Justin. I think that this film codified awkward... Awkward social uh, nuances perfectly.
0: Exactly. Especially when you're coming to terms with your full spider powers. Of
1: course. But also we <laughs> have to understand that Miles was very much comfortable, more comfortable in his home where he grew yeah. up in a public school. But then it, you see that his parents, his father...
0: Don't bring him to the prep school. bring him you know? to the
1: prep school. He has to put his not uniform on. Ever. And it's not the same. And there are so many young people like Miles... Who are reluctant to be able to get out of their comfort zone. But again, there's Mm -hmm. so much, there's so many layers to the story. I I was just blown away by how in depth it goes. And I really enjoyed, let's kind of, we already teased it earlier, Mm -hmm. Miles' connection to his uncle, his uncle uh, Aaron. 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 I I thought that was so well done. And we find out in the story. That Aaron is actually one of the bad guys that oh, we yeah. see fighting uh, the the Spider-Man who dies, and then fighting Miles. Do we want to talk about the bad guys for a second? Let's go into the bad guys. There are
0: quite a few uh, villains in this film. I think we're first. The first villain we truly see, though, is Green Goblin. We do see.
1: Is that the first villain we is. officially see? And this is the ultimate Green Goblin. Right. So for those of
0: you out there, well, I mean yeah. technically the first villain we see is. Probably. Never mind. No, no, uh, well, the first yeah. villain we see that we know as a villain.
1: is villain. Is the Green Goblin. And in the ultimate universe, the Green Goblin, Harry Osborn, is mutated into this giant, hulking, gargoyle-like character. So mm-hmm. for those of you out there who are like, wait a minute, who's that green lizard flying thing? That is the Green Goblin, but it's the ultimate
0: yeah. Green Goblin. And I think Peter Parker even says, hey, Norman, it's time for you to stop this. <laughs> correct so, so they, yes. they reference it properly they do uh, I personally did not like the fact that Green Goblin was working for the Kingpin
1: yeah
0: because I feel like Norman Osborn wouldn't do that but you're telling me that was a very well, uh, strong yeah, staple of the Ultimate Universe there
1: are there are storylines that have them you know, <sighs> whatever yeah I know
0: um but uh, we do see Green Goblin as this giant lizard like character I think by the way having a giant lizard like character is more of a lizard thing to do well, Green Goblin stepping on his toes yeah. Uh Kingpin obviously was the main uh, antagonist in this film, yeah. pushing his entire concept together. I do like that we did have uh, Doc Ock played by. What was her name again? Let's see. L- Lillian Octavius? Or... So Lillian Octavius. So well, it wasn't Lillian. Was in it? the
1: Ultimate Universe. Uh, so it was voiced by Catherine Hahn, and Doc Ock is a female in the Ultimate Universe.
0: Olivia Octavius. Olivia Octavius. Olivia. Yes. And I, a very good uh, reversal. it was uh, a
1: surprise. I mean, like a lot of people I mean, I was surprised by that. Like I was like, oh right, yeah. where oh. is
0: this Doctor Octopus thing coming from? I like that they when they brought this character back in and you know, they introduced her in that little science video they're watching in class. That there was a reason they brought her back. Yeah. And she was Doc Octopus. She was a villain. Oh, I mean, was you
1: mean you know, she's every, and, and you you had this like Moment of oh this person can't be dangerous right you know Peter Parker's not in trouble he's getting strapped to a chair you know this this scientist she's she's not and then it's oh, a, yeah. a very dangerous you oh, know yeah. so it, it breaks a lot of s- these these uh, story tropes mm-hmm. that that we're used to you know the scientists not being very dangerous mm-hmm. you know the the male killer man
0: scientist yeah that's the thing but you look know, watch at, out for
1: that. look at the central adult male in this film is the one who is the most flawed. The Peter oh, B. Yeah. Parker. He's he's B. he's not doing right things. He's not saying the right thing. You know, instead of inspiring
0: Miles, he's eating cheeseburgers. I mean, the entire montage of his life story before we kind of like get to meet him fully, uh, is like, wow, what a failure this Spider-Man is. Well, I have heard that this is the main Spider-Man though. That like, he is he, the He is the uh, original Peter B. Parker. Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah.
1: So Peter, poor Peter. Peter Parker had poor Peter a Parker. life. Oh, he, Picking don't... a pack of pickled peppers. He, he did not have an easy life uh, throughout the comics. I mean, he's just been poor guy.
0: Uh, and, but they summed up literally everything. Not only does he get, you know, crapped on by yeah. all the villains, yeah. but then we find out He loses his marriage to Mary Jane. His Aunt May dies. I was like, dude, what? Everything. Loses his occupation. Only two minutes. Yeah. We'll just sum it all up. Here's your life. Yeah. You suck. I mean, if I was
1: Peter Parker in that situation, I'd probably also eat pizza and probably gain weight and be Mm -hmm. pretty bummed out. And that's what he did. And that's what he did, which, again, Refreshing. Because it's, you know. Accurate.
0: Let's go back to the other villains, though. Yeah, you're a villain. So, uh, we we also do have Tombstone in this movie. Interesting choice. Clearly yeah. an enforcer for Kingpin. But yeah. I guess nice that we finally get to see Tombstone in a movie. I mean, it's, yeah, Tombstone is, you know, he's bad. A guy. He, he's a bad goon he's kind a bad, of henchman. He's got a very. Uh, uh, stone, interesting stone face. It's a stony uh, disp- disposition. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And we also had Scorpion. I think he kind of rounds out the rest of them here. Yeah. Uh, what was he, like a Russian guy?
1: I no, know. Scorpion, I, th- I think he was speaking Spanish. Was it Spanish? I think it was Spanish. Why well, do I think it was Russian? I don't know, it's kind of different. But it was, um, yeah, Scorpion. Yeah, I think it was Spanish. Scorpion in the Ultimate Universe was a lot more mechanized. Yeah. Um, the Scorpion in the original comic universe was just a guy who got trapped in a suit. It right. was a mechanical suit, but you couldn't really get out of it.
0: So. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, it was uh, they had some good uh, villains just to give them something to do. Yeah. Um, I think the main point of this movie, though, is we never really got to see most of the Spider-Men and women uh, have much of a challenge to mm. me. It just, seem like, it just seemed like they were just there for the filler. It was all about Miles' journey mm. and his getting over the hump. Because these were established Spider-Men and women. Yeah, you know this is Peter Parker. What did they say? Twenty-two years as Spider-Man. Yeah, and then you know we had uh, Spider-Man Noir, who was obviously just you know in such a interesting gritty black and white so universe. You, you jump
1: on Spider-Man Noir now. When I was listening to the the voiceover for this Spider-Man Noir character, it sounded oddly familiar. Almost like I. Listen to this. This other uh, this voice in a film recently. Maybe Mandy. Yeah,
0: I think? we already went over that. <laughs> we oh we did. Really we, we did. You drop the cage. I dropped the Nick cage. Oh, you I dropped the cage. Um, <laughs> but I, I was just saying how all the other spider uh, people were all established in their universes.
1: Yeah.
0: And Miles is obviously literally two days or so, less than a week yeah. with these powers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Has to learn on the fly. At all times, so just a bit of a difference there, you know, in terms of his uh, his progression throughout the movie. His um, what's the word we for character development? Well, his
1: character arc was really, yeah, you know, it was really, it was really unique. It was really human. Um, it wasn't like he didn't he didn't really have a love interest. Like you could see that yeah. there was something between him and and Gwen Stacy. But it didn't materialize into anything.
0: They didn't have to kiss. It, yeah, they didn't have to do that. Which is also like, why do they always have to the movie? Exactly. Especially when this, I mean, it really was a kid's film. It was an animated yeah. film. Again, with some high-level high, high level concepts in it. Yeah. But it was a kid's film, nonetheless. But it was good that they didn't have to make him kiss no, at the end. No, they didn't have to make they him shook kiss. shook hands and said friends at the end. And they was they like, shook hands! And honestly, and part of me was like, oh, kiss the girl now. But then almost thing. No, don't kiss her. She's going to go back to her universe, and you're going to... Don't do that. Don't make a whole thing out of that. I what are you not going to be able to explore? It.
1: I thought it was very unique to not have this whole damsel in distress, I have to have a romance. Yeah.
0: No, it's and it's don't, such a unique and Don't go real, with those tropes anymore. we got to move away from it. that. Love it. Move away from it. I'm it's glad they did it. I'm yeah. glad they did it the way Phil they did
1: it. Phil Lord, you did a good job. You broke the
0: tropes. I, I think I think it worked better. For yeah. right now, I say it's a good thing. Um, there was... Stanley cameo, yes, there was r i p and uh this movie, of course, came out after he recently just passed as of this recording. Um, yeah, the cameo, I thought, if it was just a cameo of Stanley, if he were still on this earth with us, uh it would have been a funny cameo, but because he passed right before this movie came out. There was definitely more of an emotional impact, yeah, to seeing him here, and it's
1: like, oh,
0: I know. Also, let's not forget, Stan Lee is the the proprietor selling this costume to the young Miles Morales uh, after the death of Peter Parker in the movie, the first Peter Parker that Kingpin kills. So it's just like has an an extra layer of uh, emotional, yeah. Uh, kind of passing the torch to us. Sadness, yeah. Yeah. And Gosh. I do I also do like the fact that it is Stanley kind of passing the torch on to Miles, mm-hmm. which is that his characters will absolutely live on mm-hmm. for many, many years. Yeah. And that is, that's going to be his, it is his legacy. It is his legacy. It's already been established, but I yeah. just love it. It was nice. It was just a nice moment, so, I thought. I cried a little bit on the inside. Yeah. Maybe a little bit on the outside.
1: It was, no, it was, it was both nice to see, and I was surprised to see a cameo by Stanley, but I also felt it was the perfect send-off mm-hmm. for a, a person who's really changed the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about what, and this, in this it's movie, modern
0: it's modern myth it's yeah. modern
1: mythmaking it's American mythology but I think one thing that really will bring people to want to watch this film again and again and again is it a it's a celebration of what marvel has done for storytelling mm-hmm. and what comic books have done to change our sense of our collective uh, c- culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as people who, who you know, love these stories and love characters like Spider-Man. Yeah. It was
0: a celebration. Clearly it affected us since we're doing mostly of our movie reviews on uh, Marvel films specifically. Not yeah. just superhero films but mostly Marvel. Um, I mean, there's a lot coming out. There's a lot. Uh, I would like to mention the fact that uh, this is uh, definitely a big win for Sony as a studio considering... Uh-huh. I think the, one of the last animated movies they made was the Emoji film. Was it? Oh, uh, That it was, was one of their more recent animated I... films. Yeah, did, I think this movie made up for that almost. Yeah. And that was that yeah. was not great. I think,
1: yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and the I, from what I heard um, in the news about this, the animation style that a Canadian uh, animation firm developed was a unique blend of both computer graphic and hand-drawn animation. Mm-hmm. And it was...
0: Never done like this before. And there were 140 animators on this film. The most ever for a Sony uh, Pictures movie. Wow. I
1: mean, I, mean, I it. was impressive. It. it was very impressive. I would, out there, even if you're not a comic book fan, I would see this film just to be absorbed mm-hmm. in this very graphic, very, very lively animation
0: style. Yeah. There was a lot of action, a lot of... Uh... Emotion to the, to the to the way they to the, they shot this I should I should say, but um, part of this movie actually reminded me a bit of cell shading. Mm. I think my first mem- earliest memory of understanding what cell shading is was the Zelda game. Um, Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a very interesting concept and style. I was like, when I first saw that video game, I was like, what is this? This is so weird. Is it two D? Is it three D? I'm not really sure. But then you kind of come to understand it and you think yeah. this is a beautiful concept beautiful. to understand and a beautiful aesthetic style yeah. that really does separate itself from others. I think this is, same, this is the same thing but in a movie version.
1: No, I think this is going to... For me, watching this film was like watching the uh, Ghost in the Shell anime yeah. for what animation can do for storytelling. And I think that chances are going forward... This this film this animation style may inform some of the animations going into the future. Yeah, which I think is is a really amazing thing, and to have it be not only a celebration of of Spider Man and Marvel, but a this kind of beautiful send off mm-hmm. to Stan Lee's legacy and yeah. Steve Ditko, who this and film, they also dedicated
0: now, to di- Steve Ditko. Uh, Obviously, because both of them created Spider-Man, correct. Both the art and the writing of the uh, of the character, I would definitely say though, Stan Lee, for his legacy, Spider-Man was, I think, his favorite. Yeah, he had the most involvement in Spider-Man. I Mm -hmm. think he had the most love for Spider-Man. Yeah, of all the characters he's ever done, Spider-Man, I think, clearly stood out, and I think he definitely had a special place in his heart for it.
1: Yeah, I think I think there was a lot of Stan Lee in. Peter Parker in oh, yeah. Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Um, just as you know as who he was and where he lived and where he grew up. Um, another thing for cameos is we actually get a secret Donald Glover cameo um, where we see the prowler yeah, being this. Yeah. so if for those of you out there that are interested in the continuity. In the uh Spider-Man homecoming film, we see a character played by Donald Glover running into uh young Peter Parker. And this character was the prowler or who would be the prowler in the future, the same. Maybe will
0: be still. Yeah, we really? don't know.
1: And and we and we so we have that little uh connection there, little comment and such. In this film, when uh Miles go and goes and vits, vits, visits his uncle um Aaron, on Aaron's television is actually a graphically rendered uh, scene from Donald Glover's performance in the television show Community, where he's actually wearing Spider Man pajamas.
0: That was an actual episode of Community. Yes. So. Can I, can I do one more? Yeah. Okay. Can I take it one step further? Take it a step. Community was done by Dan Harmon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who kind of crafted that show. Dan Harmon went on to do. Rick and Morty,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a show about dimension hopping. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is what this movie's about.
1: I mean, you know, I, I there's a lot Full of,
0: circle. Full we circle. did it. A Lot of connection. Congratulations. Hey. High five. Woo! That's loud. That's it. Sorry about that. All I right. Pop that. I'm sorry. But anyways,
1: but I was again kind of winding winding back and looking back at this film. I was really impressed. Do you want to go over maybe some some of the, you know, supporting characters or do you do you think we kind of hit on all Cylinders. I mean, it's it's. A, we hit them all. There's a lot going
0: on. It was a it was a very dense yet comprehensive film uh, that never really takes you out of the, the 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 action. It never slows down to have to establish anything. It has a great pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing's top notch. I love the themes they developed. It was had it brought you back into some moments. There was a lot of um, emotional connections to the characters. Overall. I think this film really did it, not, it, knocked out of the park. No, I
1: loved it. I thought it was, this is a
0: rarity for Sony, by yeah. the way. I think Sony's been had a lot of misses, especially with Spider-Man.
1: I actually feel
0: amazing. Spider-Man did not do a good job. I actually feel myself.
1: This may be one of my favorite depictions of Spider-Man on the big screen.
0: It's very possible. Um, and you, like you said, you love
1: Miles. Like Miles is your guy. I'm, yeah, I I really like the character. But Miles, I love Miles now too. But Peter Parker, feel I think for him. I think Peter Parker was best represented in this. More mm-hmm. so than Toby you know, Maguire. Oh yeah, Tom Maguire. Let's be honest. You know, what, even more, was that? What even was more that. Even more so than the the kid that's playing him now. I think
0: that. I, I like Tom Holland a lot. Okay. I like I'm, I like Tom Holland. But you know what? We'll see. Years from now, I might say Tom Holland's terrible. We'll yeah. see. I don't think that'll be the case. But I think we have to, time will tell. And I think Miles, I think will stand out.
1: I think Miles, but I think, I think, he's think
0: a very good character. But
1: there's also you know Peter Parker or Peter B Parker was also big in this. So, but anyway, it was, it's...
0: Really good, a lot of characters. I think we should give this a candy rating. Oh, I think so.
1: What are you uh, gonna go with on
0: this guy? Isaiah, what are you gonna go with first? So you tell me. All right.
1: So for me, because of the color palette, it was very bright. It was very vibrant. And when I think of bright, vibrant, and just full of life, I think Starburst. But the reds, like the pinks and the red and the so I know there's a Starburst favorite reds. That's what I would go with. It's the best of the Starburst and. It both Starburst is something that gives you, you know, there's a little vitamin C in there. It's good for you, but it's also just a really refreshing treat. And for me, this was a no vitamin C in Starburst. Yeah, there is. Okay, there's a little bit. It was a very refreshing film, and it was a very uh, it was very satisfying. Juicy. You, get, you you get out of the experience just like eating Starburst, and you feel you know what that was pretty darn good.
0: All right. Uh, I think for me. Uh my candy rating would probably have to be um so they everyone loves Reese's. Reese's peanut butter cups. It's Reese's, not Reese's, by the way. Yeah. Um Reese's peanut butter cups uh went out and did something a little extra recently. Reese's Lee, if you will. And they added Reese's pieces into the peanut butter cups.
1: No, they they did not. They did. You lie. Yes. That's not real. It's some kind of dream reality.
0: Real. No, this is a real thing. What do they call it? Um, that
1: actually sounds pretty pretty good.
0: So this is actually called the Reese's with Reese's Pieces. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups Stuffed with Reese's Pieces. Um, so it's Reese's, Reese's Pieces. It's the inception of Reese's. But I think that this movie is that. It is that candy Reese's with Reese's Pieces inside of it uh, because it's it's that amazing chocolate peanut butter taste with extra chocolate peanut butter on the inside. Mm. A nice crunch. Have you ever, have you watched
1: Mr. Robot at all? Yeah. You know, the Mr. So Mr. Robot, the character introduced to Sam Raimi's character, the best way to eat popcorn, apparently, it's when you take Reese's Pieces and you sprinkle them onto popcorn and then you mix it and eat it. Sure. Apparently, that's supposed to be good. I've been
0: doing that for years. where I mean, Chris-
1: Christian Slater says it's good.
0: Christian Slater knows and everything, right? I always listen Christian to Christian S- Slater. S- Christian Slater. Listen, the next time I take financial advice from Christian Slater, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, anyway. Uh, I was just to say this movie has more of that Reese's, Reese's Pieces kind of feel to it because it's like one layer and then it adds another layer on top of it and they're both layers are great and you just want to like... That's great. Eat both cups. I'm w- not sharing with anyone.
1: I want to see this again. Like I, I, I literally want to go and tr- and travel seven hours to my kid's sister, who's only maybe ten years younger than me, and say, you know what? I know you may not be a s- comic book person.
0: You got to see this with me.
1: Like I thought it was it was very refreshing. If you know, I should. and then
0: she'll tell you how. Why'd you drive ten hours? Just want- I could and, watch it by myself. She so just watch it.
1: Anyways, <laughs> it's a good one. Even though it's animation, don't let it scare you away. It's a really cool, very cool visual story, and I think I think anyone would like this.
0: But if you do get motion sickness easily, you might want to give it a potential second thought. There's a lot going on, yeah, especially the
1: fast, super fast it. pace, yeah. almost like a Scott Pilgrim versus the World scenes where they
0: have that like super mm-hmm. vortex kind of animation. Almost a little more, actually, in some a little ways.
1: more. Yeah, definitely those
0: like warp drives. But a lot more you can do with animation than you can with live action, you know. Yeah. So it's just like... no, this is great. <gasps> All right. I think that just about does it. Uh, This has been our review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm Justin Meltzer. And I'm Andy Condon. And thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next time.